the people of God. I know there's a lot of distractions. I know there's a lot of things to pull our attention in different ways. But this morning, if the Lord will help me, it may be just a little bit unusual today. But I do want to mind the Lord. And I believe I've heard from heaven. I believe I know right now what the Lord's pleased with today. But I want you to listen and pay attention on purpose this morning. And there's folks that are hurting and needing help. And I know there's a lot of things going on, but if children get unruly, just pick them up. And very discreetly, politely, you can take them outside the swinging doors and still be able to hear. But I want you to be able to get something from the Lord this morning. Matthew chapter number 9. If you found your place, if you'd like to stand and honor the reading of the Word of God this morning, Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 9. Nine in the Bible is the number of fruitfulness. Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 9. You see the Word of God says, And as Jesus passed forth from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, and behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? And when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that behold need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what this meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. For I'm not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And God will be my helper this morning. I'm going to talk to you a little bit on the subject of a friend of publicans and sinners. And if the Lord will really help me this morning, I'm just going to tell you a little bit about my friend. But this morning he deserves to be bragged on. He deserves to be honored and glorified not only for what he's done but for who he is. And it's my heart's desire this morning to just tell you about my friend. The Word of God teaches us that out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. I know I can't judge men's hearts, and there's a lot about that that we don't really understand what the Scripture says. But this morning, the Word of God said, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And I can tell what you're thinking by what you say. And I look at folks, and I ponder sometimes all the things that people talk about. People who say they love God, and they say they have a relationship with Jesus. But I listen to their conversation, and I don't hear them tell very much about him or brag on him very much I hear a lot of people brag on their jobs and where they work and their fine careers I hear a lot of people brag about their education and the institutions that they've attended I hear a lot of people brag on their family this morning there's a lot of people even folks that sit in this building today you worship your children and you love them more than you do Jesus Christ there's folks, no doubt, that sit in this building this morning. You love your grandchildren, and you worship them more than you do Jesus Christ. There's a lot of things that get on a lot of people's mind. They want to talk about things that bring them pleasure. This morning, I've thought about a whole lot of stuff, but I just want to tell you this morning about the best friend that I've got in this whole world and the world to come. 
I don't say enough about him. I wish I had more time and more opportunity. I wish I had more opportunities as a traveler and I go to tell people about my friend. Let me tell you something about him from Matthew chapter 11, verse 16. The Word of God said, But whereunto shall I liken this generation? It's likened to children sitting in the markets and calling unto their fellows and saying, We have piped unto you and you have not danced. We have mourned unto you, and you have not lamented. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he hath a devil. And the Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. You look in this portion of Scripture, if you want to understand the doctrinal interpretation of this, the Lord Jesus was saying, I've sent you prophets, I sent John, and then I've come myself, and there's been great diversities in the prophets, but it really doesn't make any difference what prophets come or what the message was. You've not listened. Doesn't make any difference sometimes if I yell and scream and stomp and snort and jump up and down and tell everybody they're going to hell or if I cry and weep and try to tell you how much Jesus loves you, you still don't listen. That's what the Lord Jesus was saying here. But the accusation comes out that they accused the Son of God of being a friend to publicans and to sinners. Bless His sweet holy name. This morning, I thank God He loves sinners this morning. Thank God He loved me. I was qualified the night I got saved. I was qualified by the fact I was a sinner. And He loved sinners. Thank God. I thank God for my friend. A friend is somebody who's dear and somebody who's near. And a friend is somebody off that you have something in common with. You say, Brother Mike, what do you have in common with Jesus? I'm a sinner. Yeah. They love sinners. That's good. That's good qualification right there. But it goes a lot deeper than that. You see, he did all that he did for me. He came to this earth in a body of flesh so he could be a friend to sinners. He could be dear to us. Exodus chapter 33 verse 11 said, The Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh with his friend. This morning, my friend lets me talk to him. I, I, I don't understand people that say they're saved and they love God, but yet they never talk to him. They never spend any time with him and they never just pour their heart out to him. And I'm going to tell you what, there's something to being a good friend. And I love to talk as good as the next fellow does, but as you begin to grow in grace and knowledge, you'll find out as you come along this thing, there's a whole lot more to listening than there is to talking. And my friend is such a good listener. He's so sweet and tender. You know, he's always got time. He's never been too busy. There's never been a time of night that I ever needed him. That he act like it bothered him one bit for me to call on him. Boy, he's always been there to listen.
listen to what I got to say. There's a lot of folks that you talk to sometimes and about five minutes into the conversation, you pick up on the fact they're not the least bit interested in what you're saying. You ever find yourself in that position? I mean, you're just talking away and it just dawns on you. They're not interested in what you're saying. But I'll tell you what, he's always interested in what his children are saying to him. He's always interested in the problems you have and there's none too small and there's none too big for my friend. Well, I got some friends across this world that I've made in several years. And I, I like to be able to have a friend that I can go to and say, I've got this need. And I realize you know a lot more about this than I do. And I need your help. But when I got saved, I got a friend. And he knows everything about everything. And he cares about everything in my life. And I've had friends that knew a lot of things before. And I wanted to go to them and say, could you help me? But I worried about whether or not I was a bother to them. I worried about whether they wanted to fool with me or not. They had too much to do and too many things going on in their life. But that friend I got the night I got saved has never been so busy. But why did he take time out for my problems? Boy, he wants to help us. I think about all the times I missed the benefit. I missed the blessing because he was there waiting on me. I'm going to tell you what this morning. If I had some friends and every time I ever talked to them, I had to call them. I wouldn't figure that's much of a friend, would you? I mean, I'd want a friend that'd call me once in a while. You know what, with my friend, there's times I call on him and I need him and I've got to have him. But I bless his sweet name every once in a while, just out of nowhere when I ain't expecting it. He'll whisper my name and he'll say, Mike, I ain't talked to you in a while and I just want to be with you. And I just want to spend some time with you. I want to let you know that I love you and I've been missing you. I want to spend some time with you. Boy, I bless his name. He is my friend. I love him. Let me tell you something else. He's not just my friend. There's a first to this thing. First John chapter 4 verse 19 said we love him because he first loved us. You see, I didn't initiate this thing. He did. The Word of God said if a man wants to have friends, he must show himself friendly. You know how I got to be the friend of Jesus? He came to me one day and showed himself friendly to me. When you look at this scripture in Matthew chapter 9, you see Matthew. As Matthew sits at the receipt of custom, Matthew was a publican. That's the lowest class of Jews that a man could be. It meant that he worked in coordination with the Roman government to tax the Jewish people. And they despised those publicans. Matthew was a despised man, but the word of God said, Jesus passed forth from thence. And he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, follow me. The Lord Jesus initiated this with him. But I thank God as I look back the night I got saved. The Lord Jesus came to me when I could not get to him. When there wasn't any way, I didn't even want to get to him. There's folks that are so beat down and so ragged and have been hurt and been defiled so much and so many times. I know there's probably folks in this building, you feel like you've been kicked every way you turn and you've just balled up in a ball. Just tired of being kicked. You don't want to see 
anybody. You don't want to hear from anybody. You don't want to talk to anybody. You're just full of hurt and bitterness and strife. And the devil's trying to make you so bitter that God could never deal with you and never help you or be any benefit to you. But I thank God the night that I got saved, even though I wasn't looking for him and I wasn't able to get to him, he came to where I was. And he loved me when I was absolutely unlovable. You say, preacher, you don't know where I've been and you don't know what I've done. Well, maybe you just don't know how big he is. Maybe you just don't know how much he really does love you. Hey, maybe you don't know just how bad I've been. But he knows and he loved me anyway. And the word of God said, God commendeth his love towards us. And that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You ain't got to straighten up to get to him. You ain't got to do better. Hey, he come to save sinners. You know what? qualifies you to get help from God being a sinner. That's why a whole lot of folks ain't never going to get saved because you ain't never going to see you're a sinner. You're going to look at your church membership, your baptismal certificate, some little trip you made to an altar, never changed nothing in your life, and die and go to hell because you ain't never going to get lost. But I thank God whenever somebody gets to that place where they see the desperation, where they see the need in their life, they're hopeless and they're helpless and all they got is filth and there's nothing they can offer God, but you're getting in a good place where you get you some help. Thank God. Hallelujah. My blessing is He loves sinners. Hallelujah. He loves sinners today. Boy, I see that prodigal son. He ran off and spent all that his daddy had given him. He wasted it all on righteous living. He wasted it on harlots. And one day he decided he's going to go back and see if everything was going on back at the house. If he could get some help. If there was some hope. I can see that boy crawl out of that hog pen. He's a filthy mess. Brother Wesley, you and Tracy and Wayne, some of you got an idea just how nasty pig mud is. That old boy crawled out of that hog pen. He is pig mud from one end to the other. Then he went walking down the road and he got close to daddy's house. And the word of God teaches us that the father was out on the porch looking for that boy. He was watching for him. Hey, thank God. It didn't bother daddy one bit. It didn't embarrass him one bit. He went running down the road hard as he could go. Wrapped his arms around that boy and snuggled him up close to him. He wasn't embarrassed by pig mud. I don't know where you've been, what you've done this morning, what you're going through. There ain't nothing on you so dirty. Jesus can't love it away. There ain't nothing on you. You ain't hurt him so bad. You ain't done so much. He can't forgive you this morning. I thank God he loves sinners this morning. And he cares about you. He cares about where you've been. He cares about where you're going. He's a friend and he's a first. And he's faithful. Proverbs seventeen seventeen says, A friend loveth at all times. Proverbs 27, verse 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. You know what that means this morning? If you got a real friend, and I mean a real friend, they may look at you, Miss Nita, and say, That don't look too good on you. That ain't too flattering. You ought to change. They may hurt your feelings. But the faithfulness of that friend's better than an enemy that's deceitful. Because an enemy that's deceitful may kiss you and love on you. But while they're patting you on the back, they're looking for a soft place to put the knife. 
But the wounds, sometimes it's necessary that God has to wound me. He has to humble me down, put me in my place once in a while. But it's not because he's mad at me and it's not because he don't care, but it's because he loves me. And if you know anything about the Middle East and know anything about a shepherd with a sheep, and those little lambs get to wandering away from those great big flocks and when they get out by themselves, they're prey to wolves or some kind of animals that would come and take them and and tear them to pieces. And from time to time, one of those shepherds has one of those little lambs And he watches, and every time he sits that little lamb down, he runs off somewhere into a place where he's going to get hurt. And after a while, that shepherd makes that decision, and he takes that little lamb and breaks his little leg. And everywhere he goes with that little lamb, he carries it close to his bosom. And when he gets to green grass and green pasture, he'll take that little lamb with that little broken leg and he'll sit it down. And that lamb may hobble around and he may look pitiful, but he's able to eat and he's able to take on nourishment. And he don't worry about wandering off too far. There's some times God's got to humble his little children down so they'll stay close to his bosom. And I thank God I got a friend that loves me enough that faithful enough to me and a shame when he has to humble me down he knows how to keep me where he wants me there's been a lot of times in my life I've neglected him I've ignored him and I've abused his grace and his mercy but there ain't been one time he's ever failed me after all I've done to him First John 1 John 1.9 says if we'll confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. There's been times in my life I messed things up. I made a fool out of myself and seemingly drug his name through the mud and the devil would jump right straddle your back and say, you messed up so bad they ain't even no use to ask forgiveness now. I thank God the pages of this word's true. And he said if we'd confess our sin, that don't mean like some kind of glorified Catholic running to a little old booth and saying a Hail Mary, but it means with a heart of contrition. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, thou wilt not despise. There's never been a time in my life that I ever went to him with a humble, broken heart, that he ever refused to listen to my plea, that he ever refused to hear my cry. There's been some times I was in awful mess, and I couldn't hear his voice, and I couldn't feel his arms around me, and I didn't know whether he was anywhere wanted anything to do with me or not. But I got humble in my heart, humiliated, and got to a place where I'd cry out, and buddy, it wasn't no time at all to leave slipping his sweet gentle arms around me I got a faithful friend but I, there's a lot of times I ain't been faithful to him but he never missed a lick looking after me he loves you and he loves me he said in Matthew chapter 10 verse 32 whosoever therefore shall confess me before me and him will I confess before my father which is in heaven you look in this scripture in verse number 11 Chapter number 9 of Matthew, when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? When the religious Pharisees at this point saw Jesus loving sinners, they began to mock his disciples and to make fun and deride them and rail on them. 
because their master was defiling himself being with publicans and sinners. But guess what happened when they began to pick on the disciples? Look in verse 12. But when Jesus heard that, big brother heard what was going on. And he stepped in and he said unto them, They that behold, need not a physician, but they that are sick. And I'm going to tell you today, there's a whole lot of times that I've been ashamed of myself. I've been ashamed of who I am and what I've done and where I've been. And there's some times that I get beat down. But when we confess Him, that means admit He's Lord and He's Savior. And we'll brag on Him. There's times that I don't feel like I deserve anything, but He'll come to my rescue. He'll help me because He's a faithful friend. I'm going to tell you this this morning. I'm going to be through in a minute. Somebody needs to hear this. The love of Christ is not performance-based. You see, there's some young people in this building. You've tried all your life to please your mama and please your daddy. And there ain't nothing you've ever done ever been good enough. Amen. Amen. I know what I'm talking about. You've done everything you know to do to try to please them. And they ain't never happy with nothing you've ever done. I'm going to tell you what, what's why daddy didn't do you good and do your youngins good to take them off and tell them how much you love them and how proud you are of them. Not based on their performance. Based on your love for them. And guess what will happen next? They'll start performing better. Amen. I know what I'm talking about this morning. But you see a lot of times you've got God in a box like he's your daddy. And you think the only way he could ever love you is based on your performance. Let me just tell you this morning, that's a lie of the devil. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. And he loves you who you are, where you are. Ain't that sweet this morning? God don't need you to straighten up and do better and clean up and do all this stuff before he'll love you. He loves you who you are, where you are. There's been a lot of times in my life where I thought I'd studied and I'd prayed. I'd sought God. I knew what to do. I mean, I had the scripture. I memorized all the verses. I knew what to say. I knew all the catchphrases. Man, I got this thing. I got these folks goat. Man, I'm zeroed in on them and go in the pulpit, stand up, get ready to crow and cackle and leg. But you know, there's been some times that I hadn't half studied. I hadn't half prayed, Brother West. They didn't know which way to go. Didn't know which way was up. But just out of tenderness and just out of mercy, I'd mount the pulpit. And like a fog bank, the great God of glory would sweep through the place. And God would bless. And it'd be just like I'd studied and knew what I was talking about. And God would fill my heart and fill my mouth. And you know what I got to figuring out? Even when I had studied and even when I didn't know what I was supposed to say and didn't know what I... It still took God. It wasn't ever me none of the time. Not one time, Brother Jody, was it ever me. It was always him. I'm going to tell you what, this morning, he ain't looking for you to do nothing for him, but just answer his call. Be obedient to him. If he says, come, come. If he says, fall out and pray, fall out and pray. If he says, squall like a baby, squall like a baby. Whatever God says, do, that's what you need to do. But just as much as your name's what it is this morning, there's somebody in this building today. You need to know there's a friend that cares about you. 
He loves you. I know it's been a little bit unusual this morning, but I just told you my heart. I've got a friend, and he loves me. And you know what? I'm not the least bit jealous for him to come by and love on you. It's a special friendship. I don't have to worry about that. But when you got the right kind of love with Christ, it don't bother you a bit for him to love on somebody and give them some help and some hope when they need it. And I'm going to tell you what this morning. He's got plenty to go around. Now, right now, right now in this building, there's folks sitting here. You need a friend. You need a friend. There's some of you, you've been hurt. You've been discouraged. You've seen hypocrisy. You've seen foolishness. There's been folks, your family's let you down. There's been folks, you've had friends before that let you down. I've been there. There's folks sitting in this building. You've shared your most intimate secrets with your spouse. You've shared the marriage bed with your spouse. And they turned on you. They let you down. And you're hurt. And I'm going to tell you, hurt that'll run deeper than that. You ain't never been hurt till you've been hurt by church. There's some of you sitting here this morning, you've been in churches that's let you down, that's broke your heart. They did things you thought churches ought not never do. You've seen preachers do things that preachers ought not never done. And I'm going to tell you this morning, people may let you down and you may be hurting this morning. But I got a friend that sticks closer than a brother. I've let him down a whole lot, but he ain't never let me down. He ain't never walked away from me when I was meeting him. He won't walk away from you either. He won't, he won't push you away. He said as many as would come unto him, he didn't know why it's cast out. Do you need a friend this morning? Do you need a real friend to stick with you? Somebody you can tell your deepest, darkest problems and your secrets. Somebody you can just pour your heart out to. He loves you this morning. He cares about you. Boy, he come for somebody this morning. You better listen. You better listen this morning. God's come for somebody who wants you. Immediately, he wouldn't be calling you with heads bowed and eyes closed while we wait just a moment. I poured my heart out to you this morning best I know how with a brokenness. My friend loves me this morning and I'm not lovable. But he loves you just as much. He died for you just as much as he died for me this morning. You may be hurting. You may be in need. I don't know where you stand this morning. And I wonder how many this morning you're hurting and you need help. If God's speaking to your heart, you make your way to this altar this morning. If you're saved and you know you're saved, you need some help, there's an altar. There's a place that's wide open this morning that you could come to. And there's folks making their way to this altar right now. Maybe you've let him down. Maybe you broke his heart. If you need to get a hold of him this morning, just tell him you're sorry. You messed things up, but he's there for you. He's waiting for you. And he wants to hear from you this morning. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Folks are filling this altar this morning. Maybe you're sitting here today and you say, Brother Mike, I'm not ready to meet God. I've never been saved.